The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University is in the house. It's presented by DraftKings, of course. Can't wait to get Greg's thoughts on not only the Super Bowl, now that he's broken down the tape, but also two quarterbacks in the news this week. Kyler Murray, Carson Wentz. Where are they as quarterbacks right now? Where are they in their development? We'll get to Greg momentarily. This is the last show of the week. We've already done Even Money podcast. We've already done Fantasy Feast. We've already done the College Draft podcast. And this is the third and final Ross Tucker football podcast now that we have shifted into off-season mode. What that means is please subscribe to the other shows and either watch youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL or listen. Andrew Brandt had Tony Dungy on. It was phenomenal talking about the coach hiring process. I highly encourage you to listen or watch that. Just like I highly encourage you to try to be a winner. We love winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Anybody that goes the extra mile to try to help us out, we're going to give you guys something sweet, like a signed press pass from some of these awesome games I called this year. Spread the word winner, Matt Mullen. He shared a clip from Greg Cosell on Facebook, and he said, latest nugget of wisdom from my dude, Ross. And by the way, Matt, PhD student at Notre Dame. Boom! Love it, Matt. You're a PhD student at Notre Dame, and you're sharing on Facebook the wisdoms from Greg Cosell and myself. Love that. Sponsor confirmation email winner, Michael Samaniunk, 1-800-Flowers. I feel like he's won before, but listen, the more sponsor confirmations you send me, Ross at RossTucker.com, the better chance you have to win again. And then the YouTube shout-out, Paul H., I've noticed several comments, youtube.com slash NFL from Paul H. I usually don't give it to someone unless it's actually a name and a full name. But Paul H., you've been prolific. So let me know who you want the cameo-style shout-out for. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. 
There he is, Greg Cosell, <laughs> at Greg Cosell on social media. My buddy, longtime contributor to the show, to both of my shows, quite frankly, back when I was doing Sirius XM NFL radio every morning. And Greg's with us year-round. We'll start to dive into the quarterbacks for the draft next week. I do think there's at some point, I can't remember, there's like a month where I give Greg off. Maybe I can't remember when that is. But not now. Greg, we got the draft coming up. We're ready to go. It's like June, I think, or July. I can't remember. Anyway, here's the point, Greg. We got a lot to talk about. Before we get to the Super Bowl, there have been reports related to both Kyler Murray and Carson Wentz. We don't get into those reports. I do. I talk about it. I don't ask you about those reports. All I'm interested in, since you watch a lot of those guys, is – where they are, what you see. I mean, Wentz just finished, I guess it was his fifth or sixth year. Kyler Murray just finished his third year. Let's start with Kyler Murray and what you saw from him this season and sort of your overall assessment of Kyler Murray three years in. Yeah, I think that there's an inconsistency to Murray's game. Uh, He's a talented guy. We know he can make special plays. And I think that that is what people always respond to, the special plays. He's an excellent thrower of the football, so he can make really good throws at all three levels. And he has that second reaction movement ability where he can he can do those kinds of things. But as far as overall playing the position from the pocket, and you can talk all you want about guys moving around, and we've had this conversation, Ross, but when all said and done, Throws have to be made from the pocket in NFL games. I still think there's an inconsistency to him that needs to be worked on and and ultimately gotten better for him to to reach the level where you say week to week, you know what you're going to get from Kyler Murray. Uh, So, you know, three years in, I would almost argue based on tape, and he had a stretch this year where he was very good, maybe a four or five game stretch so we know he can do it. But overall, I would say that three years into his career, what the tape shows is there has not really been significant improvement. He's essentially the same player he was as a rookie based on tape study. So that is very interesting. Um, Because that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, has he improved? Because I don't really see it. No, well, that's that's my point is, you know, I think he's relatively the same, you know, and because he can escape and because he can make second reaction plays, I think we lose sight of the details, the nuances, the disciplined craft nature of the position. And he has a tendency and we know he's 5'10", but he has a tendency to do something that you really can't get away with over time in the NFL. And that's he tends to retreat and move backwards in response to pressure, Ross. And that is really not something you want to do. Now, are there times he can then get out of that and make a special play? Of course. All these quarterbacks that can move and move really well can make those special plays. But those plays are not what you can live on in the NFL. And ultimately, you're going to have to make throws. See, quarterbacks that move because they can, that's why a lot of quarterbacks move, because they can. But they also leave throws on the field when they do that. And that breaks down and disrupts the timing and structure of the offense and the pass game. 
my read on him, Greg, and I think it's probably somewhat understandable. I think he's so gifted and always has been that it's always sort of come easily for him. And he doesn't look to me like a guy that really is detailed in everything that he does. Cause I don't think he's ever had to be. I, I think he's just, I mean, imagine being the fastest dude by far on every field you're on as quick as he is great arm. He's just always been able you know, I'm going to give you an odd comparison, Greg, odd comparison. But a, a little bit of his game reminds me of the early years of Roethlisberger. And that Roethlisberger had some success, and it was in large part just based on his natural ability. And he, had, he figured out at some point, wait a minute, I can be better than this. I need to be better. I, I can't just be shrugging D lineman off and chucking it down. Like I need to understand the right. detail more. It doesn't feel like Murray's gotten there yet, but he's going to have to. Yeah. And I, and again, before we move on, I don't know how he is taught by Kingsbury. I don't know the specifics of how the so-called air raid principles are taught because that's the methodology and the starting point of that offense. I think Kingsbury's expanded that as he's been in the NFL and seen what works and what doesn't work. So I don't know what Murray is taught, and I don't know what he then takes in. That's something we don't know. But I, I agree with your point. I think that the discipline nature of the position, the subtleties, the nuances, the detail, that's something that every quarterback must get to to be great. Not to be spectacular and dynamic, but to be great. And you know me well enough to, to know that I don't use the word great very loosely. So here's interesting, because the next guy I want to ask you about is Carson Wentz. I believe Kyler Murray can improve. I believe if he, as he gets a little older, matures, figures it out, puts a little more detail in, I think he can improve. Greg, I kind of feel like, and look, I think any, everybody can always improve, but on some level at this point, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sort of willing to say that this is just who Carson Wentz is now. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of Carson Wentz. This is just what you're going to get with him, I think. And I, you tell me if you disagree well, or what you think that is that you're getting, because there's some talk maybe they would trade him or whatever. Well, the fascinating thing, Ross, is for the most part, he had a pretty good season. There were stretches where he played really well through the ball well from the pocket. His ball placement was more precise and consistent than it was with the Eagles over the last number of years. And he looked pretty good. Um He's in a system that I think defined things really well for him. The play-action pass game was effective. But the one thing you have to look at, and I've always believed this, is coaches tell you how they feel about their players, particularly quarterbacks, by what they ask them to do. And when all was said and done, they really wanted to be a running team, and they did not really want Wentz to throw the ball a lot, unless a, a specific game demanded it. And they didn't have many games like that. So they're telling you that they really want him to be a complimentary piece. They don't want to put the ball in his hands to be the driving force behind their offense. So if that's the case, and that's exactly what the film tells you, by the way, then they're telling you that just what you said, that this is kind of what he is. 
He's a peace and you have to keep him under control. You have to keep him within the confines of an offense that whose foundation is the run game and ideally on a team that has a good defense. And he, in a sense, had all that. And he still struggled mightily in those final two games of the season when he did not play well. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's trust, right? And it's clear they don't really trust him. Right. You know, totally. That's what it comes down to for me. I felt like the Rams and the Bengals both trusted their quarterbacks. You know how I like to do it, Greg. I'd like to just give you a, a blank slate on, on the Super Bowl and let you start where you want to start. Well, you know, I think we might have spoken before the game, and, and my feeling was that if you walk out of SoFi Stadium and you're the Bengals and you say we lost because we couldn't protect and we lost because of our, of our offensive line – to me, that couldn't happen, and that's exactly what happened. Um, now, I thought the Rams really did a, an outstanding job tactically in creating that situation. Um, because what the Rams did, as I'm sure you saw, is a, a couple of things. Number one, they played more man coverage versus the Bengals than they had all season. Um, they did put Ramsey on chase a, a number of times, but overall, they played more man coverage. But the more important point is what they did with their fronts, Ross. And what they did is they played a lot of five-man fronts, but with multiple looks. They didn't just line up with five across, although they did that as well. Uh, they wanted to do a couple of things. They wanted to make certain that the Bengals had to block one-on-one -on -one with their offensive linemen. And they also wanted to create situations uh, where – not that it was confusing who they blocked, but that it was more difficult with who they blocked. And they did that with the, a pretty extensive use of what we call loaded fronts, where they would line up three defensive linemen to one side of the center. Uh, two of them would be outside the offensive tackle. And what they did in addition to that is they would use Ernest Jones kind of as a stand-up, three-technique, four-eye, opposite the load, and he would get involved in the pass rush. So they would still rush five. And because the Bengals were so concerned about that loaded front, they would take the guard away from the load, move him to the loaded front, and that would force a back to have to block Ernest Jones. And the reason that's important is it you lose one eligible receiver in your pass game. You're starting to add into your protection because you can't protect and as soon as you start losing eligible receivers in your pass game, your pass game becomes a little limited. And the defense has an advantage numbers-wise before the ball's even snapped. Biggest surprise for me, Greg, is that they waited till the second half to really do that. You know, uh, They did a little of it in the first half. I think. They I, I, but the first half, it seemed like primarily four-man straight rush. Second half, I saw more five-down stuff, yeah. and Donald, Donald was one-on-one -on -one more. Yes. And what they did a lot with that loaded front is whether it was Donald or Von Miller at, uh, at times is the, the second guy in from the load who's still outside the tackle, by the way, but he's the second guy in. He would actually attack the guard. And as you and I discussed, we discussed this leading up to the Super Bowl. So it played out based on what we discussed last week is and you you understood it perfectly because you played the position guards don't like space and room. And when you have to block Von Miller or Aaron Donald with a five or six yard running start, 
that's not a good position to be in if you're Quentin Spain or if you're Adenogy, and it showed up in that game. Yeah, I mean, they're a guard in the first place because they're not great in space. Correct. Like that, right. that, that's, that's why they're not a tackle a lot of times. Yes, yeah, space is not the friend of offensive guards. No, it's not. Um, you know, I'll say this, though, Greg, and it's funny. People get so sensitive. I, I'm sorry. Joe Burrow still needs to throw the ball away on some of those or get Without rid of question. it. You know, I, I mean, you know, I know some of those were pretty quick. But if you're watching your guard get bull rushed, throw the ball away or unload it to someone. And he, I know he took a lot of sacks this year, but he is a guy who's willing to give his receivers one-on-one chances. I was surprised that he ate the ball as often as he did. That's like the number one thing he needs to improve on going into year three is he cannot take that many sacks. It's so hard to come back from a sack and get a first down. We talked about that in the Tennessee game, and obviously they won that game, and it showed up again in the Super Bowl. You can't take sacks. Now, every once in a while, they happen really quickly, like you said, and there's nothing you can do. Uh, But, you know, you just, particularly if it's an early down situation, you just can't get into second and 17 or third and 18. Those are just too difficult to convert. Um, and I think that's the next step. It's easy to say they don't have a good all line. And, you know, the bottom line is they don't have a good all line. We all know that. They know that it's going to have to be addressed because their skill position players are good. And Burrow's a really good player who theoretically should get better and better. But you just can't take that many sacks. You know, the thing that surprised me, I guess, Greg, if you would have told me that the Bengals would run the football that much better than the Rams, yeah, I would have thought the Bengals would win. The Rams couldn't run it a lick, and the no. Bengals actually had uh, some decent success running the football. Yeah, the Rams, and the thing is, McVay really stayed with the run. He did not give up on the run game, but they could not run it at all. Uh, their O-line was handled. I thought early in the game, the Bengals did an outstanding job understanding the kind of run game they were facing. And they had Wilson and Pratt shoot gaps, and they did that really effectively. One thing I learned a long time ago from a longtime D coordinator, uh, he said, when you play the outside zone run game, you cannot play it laterally because then you're playing into the hands of the of the zone run game. They want you to move laterally. So you must, someone must play downhill. Someone must shoot gaps. You just can't let them take you where they want to take you. And I thought the Bengals had a really good feel for that. I'm sure that was coached up in their preparation that we're not just going to play laterally. And Wilson and Pratt, I thought, did a really good job shooting gaps. Anything else jump out to you, Greg, whether it was Stafford? Man, I've been seeing the angles of that no-look throw. Okay. I don't know how those guys do that. Or Cup and what he was able to get done again. Anything else jump well, out I to think, you about the game? I think what stood out from a Bengals defensive perspective is that they were relatively conservative in their approach. Um, they they featured single high-safety coverages. They played cover one and cover three. They did play snaps out of a two-shell. And they at times showed some disguise and late movement. But Ross, Stafford dropped back 43 times. On only six of those 43 dropbacks did the Bengals rush five. 
So they took the we're going to rush for and we're going to play coverage approach. Again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong because, you know, look, the bottom line is there was a stretch there where I think in in seven possessions after the Rams scored their second touchdown, the next seven possessions, I believe five of those, they did not get a first down. So you can't say that the defense played poorly uh, by any means, but. I guess I was surprised at the tactical approach. I thought they'd be a little more aggressive. I thought they'd be a little more multiple with their front looks, um, and they weren't. And again, their D coordinator knows their talent, and he knows it better than I do. So it, it, I'm not being critical. Just I thought I would see a little more pressure because Stafford essentially is a pocket player. He's not really going to move. Next week, Greg, it'll be February 24th. We'll be two months away from the draft. We're oh, like boy, a week don't, behind. Don't remind me, Ross. I mean, I'm just really getting started. I feel, you know, the season just ended, my 75-hour work weeks, and I'm feeling overwhelmed now. <laughs> the, the combine list just came out, and there's about 350 guys. I look at the list, I feel like there's 1,000 guys, you know? So it's uh, it, it's a little much here. Greg, the tape doesn't watch itself, okay? No, no, no. And, you know, I'm not one of those guys, Ross, and not knocking anybody, people can work the way they want. I don't watch 20 plays just to make a social media comment. You know that about me. Uh, that, that's not the way I do my job when I watch college players. At Greg Cosell on social media, we'll dive into the quarterbacks next week. Thank you, Greg. All right, Ross. Thanks. Thank you also to Athletic Green. I don't know how many of you guys heard Evan Silva on yesterday's Fantasy Feast podcast. He loves Athletic Greens. He was telling me how he started taking Athletic Greens, and he's a huge fan. I don't know if maybe they sponsor one of his shows or not, but Evan was on the Fantasy Feast raving about Athletic Greens. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. Why not, by the way, drink your greens? None of us probably get as many vegetables as we should, so this replaces sort of the multivitamin. It costs less than $3 a day. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews. Tim Ferriss, Princeton stud, he's all over it. He's a health guy. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Ross. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Ross to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Ducks takes. Morning, Ross. Let's start today with the Cincinnati Bengals, where they are rewarding Zach Taylor with a contract extension, a four-year extension, which has him under contract through 2026. Well, he got the Bengals to the Super Bowl. He deserves it. Uh, he was in year three, so I, they probably only gave him a three- or four-year deal to start. So it, he was, it was time for him to get a new contract. He deserves it. Took the Bengals to the Super Bowl. I will say I, I'm more impressed tactically by the Bengals' defense and Lou Anarumo than I am by what I see on the Bengals' offense, which is a lot of Burrow, you know, giving – Jamar Chase, a chance to make plays on the football. So I will say he's a better coach than I thought he was. 
Um, I don't know if he's an elite coach yet, but he certainly deserves the extension. Ducks takes. Keeping with the Bengals, good news for Joe Burrow. He only sprained his MCL in the Super Bowl. No surgery needed. Kind of thought that's what had happened. Not surprised he stayed in. Not surprised Eric Weddle stayed in. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. They got a lot of time to heal. I've sprained my MCL multiple times. Third degree sprain in college. Second degree sprain in the NFL. So I think Joe... Uh, we'll be fine, but you know it's back-to-back years. He's had stuff happen to his knees now. Not great. Ducks takes. News out of Atlanta: The Falcons have released Dante Fowler. So it's interesting. They they don't really need to do this. I think he was going to be a free agent, and his contract was going to expire, or they could have waited. I I guess the earlier they do this, the better chance. He has to let people people know that he's on the market and maybe get signed earlier. I'm not exactly sure what his contract status is or if he has, you know, had some money that the Falcons didn't want to guarantee him and or he had offsets and they're hoping the sooner they release him and he gets signed somewhere else that perhaps he can actually take away some of their offsets. Not Not exactly sure why they did it now. Takes. And finally, an ugly story out of Dallas where the Cowboys had to pay almost $2.5 million to cheerleaders in a voyeurism case against former executive Rich Dalrymple. I did not know what voyeurism was when I, when I saw this headline. I had to Google voyeurism. It's like, I don't know, Brian, peeping? Like it's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Being vid- a peeping Tom now with a cell phone, which is very creepy. Yeah, like videoing or uh, taking a picture of someone that's unwanted. Rich Dalrymple uh, denies the allegation, says it was a misunderstanding. I don't know. Uh, I know that DraftKings is letting you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if you win. That's promo code ROSS at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Email time, Brad. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. So the email address is ross at rosstucker.com. That's how you get at me for anything. You got any sponsor confirmations, let me know. If you want to give me a heads up that you've been spreading the word via social media or making YouTube comments, you can do that. You're looking for me for a speaking engagement or you want to advertise on the show, you can do that. The key is ross at rosstucker.com. Love those of you that take advantage of our sponsors. And I promise to read and respond to your questions here on the show. Today's question from Dave Cox in Salt Lake City. Hi, Ross. Long time, uh, I'm sorry, lifelong Lions fan living here in Utah. And sometimes I even curse Barry Sanders for being so good when I picked my team back in the seventh grade. Now, as a former O-lineman, I wanted to see how you would grade Penny Sewell for this season and his future outlook. I know he started almost every game, and I saw today that he was named to the PFF All-Rookie Team. 
But I definitely don't understand the nuances of the O-line, so I want to get your take. Some of the names that they had linked to the Lions on mock drafts last year, Micah Parsons, Rashawn Slater, which both had great seasons. Since the Lions went with Sewell, I'm hoping you'll say uh, that you think he's got a promising future in the league. What's your take? Good question, Dave. You know, the one point I want to make, which I think is important, and I'm very open about this, I do not watch that much coaching tape of the NFL. And in fact, I watched almost none of the Detroit Lions because I didn't do any Lions games, right? So I have a lot on my plate during the week. I will watch at least one full game on the coach's copy of both teams in the college game I'm doing. I will at least watch the condensed version if I'm doing a radio game on te- uh, for NFL. I didn't do any Lions games, and I had a lot of college games. There were several weeks I had two. That's a lot of work to put in, to memorize the kids' names, you know, all that, do the video work um, for television. So the first thing I would tell you is, I do think PFF does a good job. I think Brandon Thorne does a good job. I think Brian Baldinger does a good job. There are people that are devoted to watching NFL tape and evaluating it, especially of offensive linemen. And I would encourage you to check them out. I don't think he was as good as Rashawn Slater. You know, he had to move to the right side initially. I think he does have a promising future. I think he was always going to be a guy with unique physical traits and natural ability that wasn't as polished as a guy like Rashawn Slater. We kind of knew that already. The real question for Sewell will be, does he take that next step in year two and then continue to get better in year three and year four because the physical ability is there. He does have it. It's just a matter now of getting down the footwork and the technique. Good question. But I always like to admit, like I I try to admit my biases. I also admit what I don't know, which I didn't study Sewell closely enough to give you an what I would consider an expert opinion. What I I saw on TV was I thought he got better. I think he'll be pretty good. He just has a little bit of ways to go from a technique perspective. Shout outs to SteakhouseSports.com. I'm sure Chris has stuff for other sports. I didn't even ask him. HumanHeadNYC.com. That's the Human Head Vinyl Records. Vision Comics with an X, for those of you that are into comics. Sportaculture. And then Pizza Boy Brewing Delicious. Please, 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 please don't feel like we're leaving you hanging tomorrow morning. There's plenty of other shows you can watch or listen to. I think we're recording the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Sunday evening, so it should be ready for you guys bright and early Monday morning. Very excited about our guest for that one. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. 
A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 